Welcome to the Daryl Perry Podcast. I have Evan Knox on the line with me today, and uh, he's going to tell you a little bit about his background in marketing and his company, Caffeine Marketing. So, uh, Evan, what's going on? Hey, Daryl. Thanks so much for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Sorry, go right in. No, I was just, just going to say, all right, I can tell you about my company. So yeah, we make marketing profitable for small companies that are doing less than $25 million a year in annual revenue. Um, I'm here in the Atlanta area. We work with clients um, all over the place, really, mainly the U.S. So, um, but yeah, that's me. Awesome. And and yeah, you, you really kind of help businesses not only do things online as far as manage social media and work on funnels, but you also work with them on storytelling. And I think that's, that's something that's kind of gotten lost uh, in the digital age that we're, we're in now uh, that there's still just kind of the old, uh, the hero's journey is something that really still plays well. So uh, I know that's part of your business. Why don't we talk a little bit about that and we'll, we'll be diving into that a little bit deeper as well. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, and I'm, I know you're referring to the StoryBrand framework, but for those who are not, uh, StoryBrand's a, you know, basically a marketing framework created by this guy named Donald Miller out of Nashville. Um, and it's awesome. We use it for pretty much all of our clients' marketing. Yeah, yeah. And and um, probably the biggest thing with this particular framework, and I, I think a big adjustment that folks can, can really take from it firsthand, is you take your messaging and instead of talking about you as the business owner and we started here and this is what we do you really talk toward speak towards what your client or customers needs are um now as far as because you've got a lot of content creators that are, are maybe trying to sell some merchandise online you've got people trying to build influence on uh, on social media they might have a couple hundred up to a few thousand followers right now somebody that's just starting out um what would you tell them to do one as far as how they can tell a story and build a brand online and two where maybe working with an agency, your agency or one like yours could actually benefit them? Yeah. So let's start with the, how they could grow their audience and how can they actually probably attract the right people for whatever product service um, or, you know, general following on, you know, YouTube, for example. So uh, you mentioned playing, the guide and not the hero. That's super critical to your messaging. Um, I think some other stuff that you can do is really to talk about the pain point that you solve. So identifying what it is, uh, what's the external problem that your customers or your potential audience is encountering. So I was talking with a guy um, and he is like a fantasy football expert, like has his own company around fantasy football. And he solves the problem of what you're not sure you know, who you should pick in your fantasy football draft. So when people aren't sure what to pick in their fantasy football draft, they see him as the solution to that problem. He's the guy for that. So I think we first have to talk about um, how can we position ourselves as a solution to people's problems and talk about those problems in a way that they relate to. And they'll also see us as the guide when we identify what is the problem that they're experiencing. The flip side um, of how an agency like Caffeine might work with, um, you know, a a company or brand, we always start with, and this is, I guess this is a little bit more tactical, but I think it's really helpful for this conversation. In that first intake meeting or that first strategy session, when we're exploring working with a potential client, I always want to know what it is they can afford for their cost per acquisition. Because our promise at Caffeine is to make marketing profitable. And if I don't know what a, you know, a business or a solo entrepreneur 
um, someone who sells online courses, what they can afford for a cost per acquisition, I don't know if our marketing is going to be profitable for them. And so if I'm able to see that they've got a $1,000 product and um, they've got $500 in margin, I know that they can acquire a customer for $500 or less and they're going to make money. So I think it's really important to know that metric and that will help you have an intelligent conversation with an agency like Caffeine or someone else. What would be some of the, and and you're right, everything comes back to what's the cost of a lead and what's the ROI going to be on this. What are some other things that questions they should ask if they're meeting with an agency for the first time? I I think it's really great to know, hey, how have you delivered a return on investment? Um, There are probably two different, let's let's categorize these into four different buckets. Um, First off, there's qualified and not qualified. Um, I think there are a lot of people who just sell a certain service. Maybe they sell like PPC or they sell SEO. I feel like that's kind of like a web agency 1.0 version. Um, and it's not to say that they're not necessarily qualified, but if you're looking to get an overall marketing strategy that's going to deliver your return on investment so that you can scale your company, I'm not sure that's the best solution. Um, and there's people also who are just taking your money. Um, and that's really unfortunate. And it's really hard for the average, you know, business leader out there uh, to understand who is that and who is not that. So I'm not talking necessarily in the qualified, not qualified in that category. What I would like to think is that there's probably two different types of agencies and it would be really important for you to understand which type you're talking to. And this is not a good versus evil. Um, we are more of a math and strategy type agency. So while everything that we create, I think looks amazing, um, it it's mainly focused in strategy. So I'm always focused on optimizing the website for conversions um, or proving investment or tracking from A to B so that I could, you know, I could prove to our client, hey, here's how we're making you money. The other side, and this again, this is really has a valid place, is people who can make things that are absolutely beautiful, who are cutting edge design, um, who are gonna make, you know, that brand look absolutely just like drop dead gorgeous. So that's not to say that we couldn't do that. We, we do some branding work. Um, but I think that there's a lot of really beautiful agencies out there or agencies who create beautiful work, but it may not necessarily be tied to increasing um, your conversions. So like an example for this is there's an e-commerce client that we have. Um, they had a brand new website or someone designed a brand new website for them and it looks beautiful, but their conversions dropped in half versus their old website, which wasn't pretty at all. So, um, but I, I would say that they have a really good gift there and I, I think the questions that you should ask that agency are, hey, show us examples of your work. So like what if, if you're really trying to get a good aesthetic, um, what is examples of your work? That's going to help you understand, uh, are they going to give you that look and feel that you really want in your brand, which is really important. Or the flip side, you know, you might ask an agency like us, hey, where have you um, been able to prove a return on investment for, you know, people who have hired you to do their marketing, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it does. And I also, now you mentioned that the agency has to be able to prove their, their worth um, or the work that they've done. What do you think about, because there's a lot of agencies that say that we do this kind of marketing, we're, we're experts in this. And then when you go and you check and see what they actually, how they present themselves online, it doesn't really <laughs> add up. And I, I mean, this, this seems like, it seems like such a, a basic, straightforward thing. And kind of like when you mentioned the, the SEO specialist, and when you said that to me, I'm thinking, yes, it's 2009 all over again. <laughs> but like, but like it, it's, it's funny to me because you'll have somebody that says they're an expert in this 
and then you go out and you you look and see what they've done and you know this because see this is another there's a couple folks that listen to this that are kind of getting into the marketing consulting side hustle mm-hmm. side of thing and that i think is another thing is if you're providing that kind of a of a business you better make sure that if you're especially if you're specializing in something you got to be able to deliver on yeah. it. But that's that's another thing for a business as well or a, or an entrepreneur or whoever's looking at, at working with an agency is, you know, make sure they pass the the eye test as well. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to know all the details, but if somebody is is claiming to be an expert on a certain type of, of platform marketing, because those are out there too. I mean, you've got like, you're starting to see TikTok specialists out there now. Um, but like, yeah. So like, but if you go out and you see that they don't really deliver on their own brand, um, I mean, that's, that's something to keep it just to kind of look at as well. Now you mentioned, um, we've talked about making the customer, the hero and you as kind of the guide. What's, what are some ways that somebody with types of content that folks could put out to kind of position themselves as a guide? Cause I think a lot of times people struggle with that as well. So let's maybe contrast a couple of different examples. If we were mm-hmm. um, talking about, okay, there's a guy on YouTube that I like, his name's Graham, Graham Stefan show. Yeah. Graham Stefan. Um, he's like a finance guy. He's probably around my age. Um, I just, I like his content. He's interested in finance and investing and all that stuff. So, but his stuff is never like, oh, look at me. I'm a multimillionaire. You know, here's all my cars and here's how much money I'm making. When he does talk about the money that he's making, he's saying, hey, here's the different percentages. Um, If I was starting from the beginning, here's what I might do differently. And he's saying all this like a guide. He's coming in with a perspective of helping somebody else, not necessarily talking about how awesome he is. Um, So that's one maybe contrast. Uh, Another way that I would see that on social media is, you know, somebody's like, we're absolutely, you know, I just think of the Ty Lopez Um, in this example, uh, just the cars and girls that feels like to me, you're trying to be the hero of a story. um, Right. And then you're not really trying to play the guide. And I think a really great way is to just speak directly to the customer or the person who's in your audience and help them solve a problem figure out what their problem is. And I think a great way to tell if you actually are positioning yourself as the guide or the hero would to just look at your comments. Like, do you actually respond to people's comments? Do you answer their questions when they DM you? Um, I think that will probably give you an idea if you actually play the hero or the guide, because if you really are in this to help somebody else win the day, I think that'll be evident by what you produce. Yeah. And, and that part right there, because uh, a lot of times people will, and I'm sure you hear this from uh, folks as well, like, I don't know what to post. I don't know what to talk about. But once you figure out how to position yourself as the guide and make them the hero, then all the responses and replies that you're getting, that's your content. And even if it's, even if you're only getting, um, you know, a, a small amount of, of comments over the course of even a week or a month. Let's say, you, let, let's say really small, let's say as a small business, you've, you've posted some stuff on Instagram and you've posted even on your, not only your Facebook business page, but also on your personal page, which by the way, can have some value as yeah. far as building this authority, because, you know, if you're, if you're, um, Oh, I don't want to use a cliche, but let's, <laughs> let's say that, you own, let's say that you own a pet store. Okay. Sure. And you're just like, you're known 
you're, you're known as, as for, for that in the community. Well, if you start posting about, um, you know, different types of dog food or showing pictures of your, of your cats doing tricks or whatever, you know, like, um, you can get, you're going to get comments and you can kind of look at that and say, okay, is this, is this able to either solve a problem, um, or is this, and this is probably another good thing to talk about as well. Cause a lot of times people will say, People don't, you know, folks aren't always coming to social media to be sold. And that's true. Um, but if you're going to put some of the entertaining content out that isn't always informative or more of a utility, it has to be in line with kind of what you're offering. So if you're a dentist and you're, you're sharing a, a meme every so often of, of, about you know, people that have bad teeth, um, that makes sense. But that same dentist shouldn't be showing the the dog tricks. <laughs> what the dog trainer? Yeah. So, um, and, and where do you see? I mean, do you see a lot of that stuff too, where maybe people try to get a little too creative or a little too funny, and it kind of turns their audience off? You know, what's interesting is I have a really micro example of what you're just describing, and it comes to mind. I did this thing called Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. It's like. Um, I'm not very good at it. So for a disclaimer for all the other people who do BJJ, I'm not that great. So um, I've just only been doing this a few months. But the thing is interesting is that there's two, there's three coaches at our gym. One's an old guy who's not on social media. So discard him for a minute in this conversation. He's still great. Um, the other two are younger guys. They're, you know, around my age, give or take five, 10 years. And they both have very different social medias. One is a coach for BJJ, but he does streaming on like on uh gaming um and a bunch of other stuff so he's got so much stuff he's got woodworking he's got gaming he's got um all sorts he's also a professional fighter so this guy's got so much going on the other guy is um a sports chiropractor and he also does bjj so all of his content is all sports chiropractic in bjj and i love it and he does so many bjj memes it is hilarious so um, and memes are a great way. That's like a secret hack to grow your account, by the way, is creating memes. Um, so I think it totally has its place for a personal brand and it can really enforce your authority. If we go back to the storyman framework, there's really two things that establish yeah. you as a guide. One is empathy saying, Hey, I get it. I've been there before. And the second one is authority. And so it really enforces your authority. Say you're the pet store owner, you're posting about pets or you're a dentist and you're posting about dental things. It enforces your authority that you know what you're talking about. Just like the guy who's the coach at the BJJ gym. Um, you know what he's talking about because he's, you know, he cares about health. I want this guy my coach. You know, he's a chiropractor. Yeah. He knows his health. And he also is like a black belt. So he's qualified. He's my guy. I want to train under him. So. Yeah. And, and it's uh, the empathy piece. And, and it's not an either or because you using the jujitsu as an example, I mean, there definitely could be some people that are intimidated by going there for the first time. So, you know, if they put out some empathetic content um, that could also resonate. And I mean, it's a, and, and a question I do have for you as far as the, the memes, I mean, it seems like we're always trying to, st you kind of have to stay ahead of the curve and then you have to ride the wave of the stuff that's popular. If you can, formulate it to your, to your business. Um, but as far as if we're talking about growing a Facebook page, um, 
what I've noticed and a lot of the memes and things that I see are, are fitness and weight loss related is you'll see something pop on Instagram and everybody's using it. Like I still remember, I feel like the, um, the lady and the cat, I think that was popping over there probably <laughs> a few weeks before it did on Facebook. So then if you could take one of those memes and post it on Facebook, get some organic traffic, maybe run some ads uh, around it as well. Um, you could actually grow a page pretty quickly, but there's, it's crazy to me how fast um, the, this stuff is, is constantly changing and you're trying to stay a, a step ahead, but yeah, that's, are, are there any things that, I mean, how do you, how do you personally stay on top of this stuff and stay ahead of the curve? So it's, it's two sides of the coin here. Um, one side is a lot of the organic social media marketing, the return on investment investment for that, as far as your money and time is sometimes hard to justify. Um, so for smaller companies that we work with, I will not sell an organic social media marketing package unless it's part of a bigger package because it's going to be so hard. It, like the other stuff has to make up for that, if that makes sense. So the paid advertising has to pay for the organic. Um, and like I mentioned, we ha I, I have to deliver on that brand promise. So I won't just do organic social media marketing. Now, if you're a solo creator, um, it's your own personal page and you're not paying somebody else to do it, it's your time. So now you've got to decide, is this worth your time? Um, and then how do I stay on top of it? A lot of it's reading blogs, um, blogs or podcasts. Those are both super helpful. Um, sometimes blogs are a little bit more timely, like later and Sprout Social, there are two uh, social media management companies uh, who provide software. They have great blogs. But you know, for example, what I was researching about TikTok um, that one of my team member sent me is that if you use a brand new, like a, you create your own audio track, sometimes that will do even better if it becomes like really catchy. Or um, if you do things to do it within the first day or two, and you might be one of the first people to go viral. So you have to basically go to the explore page um, and find what's, what's trending and then do it. So that's just on TikTok. But I don't know. I mean, for me, it's, I don't feel a pressure because I don't necessarily see the direct return on investment um, I'm not like if I post that week, it doesn't directly return into a, um, sale. Right. However, having a presence on there that is like, you know, I maintain a presence, uh, is super critical because I feel like whenever I, I personally go to look to work with a company, um, I look at their social media or I look to go hire somebody. I look at their social media. So you have to maintain a presence. You have to be active, but I don't know that it's super necessary if it's not your primary vehicle. So if you are an influencer, this is not for you. But if you're like a, just a normal Joe and you've got all the other projects um, and you're trying to sell your other projects or services, um, it's not going to necessarily make or break you, if that makes sense. Well, and, and it does make sense. And see, I'm, I'm thinking of this more so for the small business owner. And that's why, you know, I, I think us talking to this point about mostly how you can do things tactically and organically. Uh, makes sense because this is the stuff that the business owner should be doing in addition to working with, with your agency or an agency like yours. Um, now, but when they've been posting and trying to grow organically and they're, it's, it's not really working for them. And as you said, it's taking up their time. Um, when, when they do start talking to agencies and they talk to you specifically, what would be, what would be some of the services that they could expect? So with caffeine, 
Um, this might be a little bit unique. So I'm not trying to like paint a bad picture because I, I have a lot of marketing friends who also own marketing agencies um, and there are some amazing people out there. Mm -hmm. So everyone has their own approach to it. But personally, I would want you to have the rest of your marketing funnel built out before we started doing your social media. Um, and the reason why is because I would want to pull all the other levers that I know are going to make you a lot of money um, or grow your company. So I want to pull those levers first before we take over your organic social. But let's say that we do get to the point that we're running your, your organic social. Um, we would do everything from photography uh, to video to copywriting. So creating actual captions, the strategy of what we're going to post and when, what platforms we're going to do it on. We could also offer community management so we could actually respond to those comments and messages for you. Um, so all of that is super important. And again, it would, it would come down to a, a frequency um, and what's going to actually help you deliver the return on investment. So if we go to the solo entrepreneur, it's probably not in their best interest unless they are uh, just selling really high ticket items and have plenty of margin. They should probably think about trimming the amount of content that they're posting. So if they're not seeing that return, maybe instead of post every other day and save themselves a little bit of time, but yet still maintain the social media presence, if that makes sense. It, it does. It does. And I think, I mean, it's, and I think it's interesting that you work with them after they have everything else built out. Um, and that's, that's going to be the, I, I think that once you funnels are, are actually really, are a really interesting thing to talk about because um, I feel like there's a lot of folks that hear about them, but they haven't really, they, they've maybe dipped their toe in. Um, but that's something, whereas again, if you're doing, if you're looking at lead acquisition and conversion, uh, having those funnels in place because you got to have some place to send the ads, uh, the, the prospective buyers to, um, it just, that makes a lot of sense. So, all right, well, Evan, as we're, as we're wrapping up here, um, if folks do want to get in touch with you, what's going to be, where's going to be the best. Yeah. The easiest way would to be either go to caffeine.marketing. So no.com. So caffeine.marketing or evannox.com. And I've got a free guide on both of those on how to build a winning sales funnel. It's literally like Lego blocks. Like it's a checklist. It'll teach people exactly how to make um, that sales funnel profitable. Perfect. Perfect. And I've actually got both of those sites linked up in the show notes here. So guys go ahead and head over to Evan's agency site and then his personal one as well. Evan, thank you for hopping on with me today and I'll talk. Awesome. To you Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it.